Can we talk about how incredible our skin is? It's our protector while also being a litmus test for how our body is doing physically and emotionally. Join host Nicole Berry as she unravels the mysteries around our skin on the new series, Skin Queries, a podcast brought to you by Ruby Studio from iHeartMedia. Nutrition, sun exposure, stress. She gets to the heart of how to make everybody glow from the inside out. Listen to Skin Queries on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Dearest listener, allow me to unveil a delightful secret. Snag Tights Craft Clothing that embraces every body shape. In a bold endeavor to revolutionize the fashion realm, Snag has triumphed. Permit me to draw your attention to the ingenious Chub Rub Shorts, crafted with moisture-wicking yarn, promising to keep you at least one degree cooler and utterly free from the discomfort of chafing. Free shipping on select orders. Thus, the more you snag, the more you save. Do not delay. Dear listener, experience the fashion revolution that is snag and visit snagtights.us today. The journey to a smoke-free future can be a long and winding road. But if you're ready for a change, consider taking Zinn for a spin. Zinn nicotine pouches offer a fresh way to discover your nicotine satisfaction. Anywhere, anytime. No smoke, no spit, and no lingering odor. Get in gear with the Zen 10 Challenge and enjoy 10 smoke-free, spit-free days for just $5.95. Order online and start your new journey today. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. I'll post this to social media at some point. Let me see if we, you can see that. Oh my gosh, yes. We were there in LA we are. at the gym. Ugh. There we are in 2010. Wow. Nastia, I didn't realize you were smack dab off your win and still going for more at that time. Obviously, wearing your signature pink with me. I was just about to say, some things don't change like ever. (laughs) (laughs) 13 years older, and I still like didn't wear pink today, but I still, I still like pink. Am I the greatest non gymnast that you've ever trained? 110%. Like to the point where I don't want to train any other non-gymnast ever again. (laughs) (laughs) Wait a second. That's not positive. I'm totally kidding. That's (laughs) not positive at all. Hi, I'm Nasi Lukin and I am a dog mom and an Olympic gold medalist. Hello, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of Off the Beat. It's me, your host, Brian Baumgartner here. Now, you just got a little sneak peek from our conversation today with legendary Olympic gymnast Nastia Lutgen. Nastia has achieved everything in the world of gymnastics, literally. She's a four-time all-around U.S. national champion, a two-time world champion, on the balance beam, world champion on the uneven bars, and she even made history in the Beijing 2008 Olympics, winning five medals, including the all-around gold. But more than that, she helped train me on the balance beam. True. Well, kind of. Nastia was good enough to join me on my NBC sports show, Training for Tahoe, back in 2010, and give me some personal hints 
about balance. Anyway, it's been a long time since I saw her, 13 years, and uh, I was so excited today to dive back into her incredible journey to the Olympics, starting with her family. Listen, she truly lived the American dream. I'm not going to lie, guys. I, I honestly, I shed a small tear during this conversation. Uh, but gymnastics, it's not the only thing Nastia has mastered. Since retirement, she has become a, a gymnastics analyst for NBC for the Olympics. She started the Nastia Lutkin Cup, and she even competed in Fox's brand new competition series, Special Forces. I can't wait for you to get to know Nastia a little bit. She is delightful. Here she is. One of gymnastics, no, one of the Olympics all-time greats, Nastia Lutkin. Bubble and squeak, I love it. Bubble and squeak, I know. Bubble and squeak, I cook it every morning. Left over from the night before. Nastia. Hi. Oh my gosh, it's been a few years. Wow. <laughs> It has oh been gosh. a few years. I'm so excited to see you again. How are I you? Too. I'm good. How many years? Have, I mean, it has been at least, I would say between the five and 10 mark. Okay. I know the answer. So what's oh, your you guess? I do. Um, okay. So actually it's, it's more than 10. You're right. Because yeah. That means I'm getting old. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I looked it up. I was trying to find the clip. I, I didn't, I just used Google before, but I will share with you right now. I'll post this to social media at some point. Let me see if we, you can see that. Oh my gosh. Yes. We were there in LA we are. at the gym. Ugh. There we are in 2010. Wow. Nastia, I didn't realize you were smack dab off your win and still going for more at that time. Obviously, wearing your signature pink with me. I was just about to say, some things don't change like ever. (laughs) (laughs) 13 years older, and I still like didn't wear pink today, but I still, I still like pink. Am I the greatest non gymnast that you've ever trained? 110%. Like to the point where I don't want to train any other non-gymnast ever again. (laughs) (laughs) Wait a second. That's not positive. I'm totally kidding. That's not positive at all. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. All right. Well, we'll get into that in a little bit. Thank you so much for coming on. I'm going to take you back a little bit. We're going to learn more about, well, at least you than I did. 13 years ago. 13 wow. years it was probably ago. 12, 12, 12, 12 and a half. So you were born in Russia or mm-hmm. the Soviet Union at the time. And you moved, right? Did you move right when the Soviet Union fell? So I was um I was two and a half years old. So very, okay. uh, very young. I don't I don't remember obviously those years um, right. growing up there, but you know. 
growing up as the only child and my mom's the only child and we have a very close, you know, tight knit family. And so growing up, we pretty much every summer we would go back to, I had four great grandparents up until basically they all four got to watch me on TV, but win a gold, win the gold medal. And so that was like really special. And so being able to go back and kind of like show them my medals. So yeah, I think we just, it was very normal for me. It was part of who I was and it, and it still is obviously. And, you know, obviously we haven't been back in a little bit, but two and a half years old, like I grew up here, like, right. you know, for me, English essentially was my first language for my parents. It was not right. I can speak Russian, but I have like an accent when I speak in Russian as opposed to the opposite. Right, right, right. So, yeah. Why did they, why did they leave? And let me just say for context, for people who don't know, these are high level gymnasts in the Soviet Union competing, obviously celebrated there. Why did they make the decision to, to come to the United States, first New Orleans, and then eventually Dallas? From- <laughs> we come Mardi Gras, by the way. We come <laughs> oh, Mardi really? Gras. Oh, yeah. And they were just like, no English, no money, just like an infant. And they had no idea what they were doing. And they were just like, oh, God, did we just make the biggest mistake of our life? <laughs> Yes. Um, yes. Moving to New Orleans the week of Mardi Gras. That is, a, yeah. that, is a, that is a mistake, but yes. They had no idea. Yeah. And so basically, exactly as you said, like they were heroes. My dad won four Olympic medals for the Soviet Union in 88. My mom was a rhythmic gymnast and world champion. And, and, you know, their goal, their next goal was to coach their own athletes to becoming world and Olympic champion gymnasts. They never ever imagined or wanted it to be their own daughter. Right. But they also, you know, they wanted to build their own business and they wanted, and that wasn't like, that wasn't something you could do then. And probably right. even now, I don't, I don't know because like, we've not obviously thought about that or even gone down that route in a 30 years, whatever. So that was part of it. And then the other half of it was to give me the best possible life that they thought that they could possibly give me. And right. they felt that that was going to be in the United States, not knowing, obviously, you know, they were taking a risk. They were taking a chance as, as every single person does when you move halfway across the world. But again, they, they had nothing. They literally didn't even have a savings account. They had pennies. And, you know, I think the older I get, the more you realize like, holy shit, that's what they did. Crazy. Just not eat, like going to the bank to ask for a loan, like without even speaking the language, like, you know, like I can't even imagine or process and like, yes, it's like my parents. So I like, you know, I'm a little bit more biased, but still like when I take, when I remove myself from that situation and think like putting myself in that and like going to another country and trying to do that, it's crazy to think that, but they had this like dream. And the, and they wanted it so badly. And so, you know, what I have realized, obviously, much later on in life, my dad and I are the same person. And so it's hmm. like, don't you dare tell us we can't do something because then <laughs> we will like make sure we do it plus more. <laughs> right. And yeah. And I think like they just were so passionate about the sport and they wanted to give back to, you know, the next generation and to, you know, gymnastics is such an interesting sport. Like you can't, 
once you're done, you're done. Like, it's right. not like you can like jump in the, nothing against any other sport, but it's not like you can jump in the pool and just leisurely, you know, like, yeah, you're not going to be going your Olympic speed, but like gymnastics, you can't just get on the beam and do your Olympic beam routine like ever again. And so this knowledge essentially is built, you know, for over 20 years. And then it's like, then what do you do with it? Right. You know, if you can't carry that on. So yeah, that was kind of like, that was their purpose, I guess. Um, and I'd, I'd like to think they did a pretty darn good job. Yeah. And so to be clear, their dream was to open a world-class gymnastics club and to train yep. future Olympic gymnasts. Was there, and this, I apologize. This is like naive no. or, or kind of a stupid question potentially, but were they able to leave because the wall went down or? So, was- so we actually, yeah, we, we still have dual citizenship and um, like, it okay. was like, not like. They didn't there was flee. No, no, we did not escape. We did not flee. Like, okay. and that's why I think like we went back every summer up until. Right. I was started like competing on the national team and then my competition season was in the summer and then winter there is miserable. So it was kind of like, Oh, okay. Maybe our family can come visit us. Um, (laughs) uh, so yeah, that's kind of what we did, but it was never hard feelings or like we were always accepted back. Okay. Like one of my favorite stories is actually from the Olympics and we were in the rotation in the all around finals with, you know, with the Russian gymnast and, and her coaches. And obviously we've known them, you know, for years and years and years. And I believe um, if my stats are correct, but I believe this was like the first time in history that, you know, the USSR or Russia did not win a, a medal in like gymnastics at the Olympics. And so when I won, I remember like them coming up to me and saying like, you might be wearing a different leotard and a different flag, but like, we're still like proud and you won for us. And I was like, thanks. Cause I just want to keep peace with everybody. <laughs> but like, I, I have like, you know, a different red, white, and blue on right now. <laughs> <laughs> right. 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 Yeah. But, wow. Yeah. That's fascinating. Cause I, you know, I remember the stories of gymnasts having to flee uh-huh. and be, you know, escape in the middle of the on night <laughs> on a boat. Yeah. yeah. Right. To get out. But that's interesting that at that point you left and, but that they welcomed you back and had positive things to say to you. That's, that's very cool. Yeah. Apparently your dad joked that the reason he married your mom was to create the perfect gymnast. <laughs> oh my God. That's, <laughs> um, first of all, like, talking about my parents like that weird but also (laughs) it's it's funny because he was obviously into her and my mom was like absolutely not my mom's taller than my dad and so she was just like no are you kidding like but they all trained together like at the centralized training you know center um outside of moscow and ended up being my dad's now business partner who is like my second dad he was very close to my mom, like as friends. And so he kind of like made it happen, which is like, makes perfect sense because, you know, now we're just like literally family. Like I've known him since the day I was born. And he actually coached in 2004, one of my teammates, Carly Patterson, he coached her to win gold. So, so it's like, it was a really cool, like 
moment, I guess you could say of like, you know, we, we went to New Orleans all together and then, you know, they, they literally lived the American dream. Like that was yeah. what they dreamed about doing was coming to this country and the people gave them slash us this incredible opportunity and not to speak on behalf of them, but I know, you know, we all feel this way, but it's like when you sit down and you take a moment and you think, and like, this is really cool. They moved to a country and they didn't speak a language and they were not guaranteed anything. They were not guaranteed success. Like they built this gym. It was a grocery store. They literally built it with their own hands because they didn't have money and couldn't at the time couldn't afford any employees or, you know, any construction workers or anything. So I think like that to me is like, I always take myself back to that because it's like nothing real at the core is handed to you. You have to work your butt off and yeah, they, they, they did. (laughs) I mean, I joked that they wanted to create the perfect gymnast, but uh, allegedly they really, they wanted to train Olympic gymnasts, but, but not, not me, not you. So why not you? First off, why not you? (sighs) They didn't want that for you. Two things. The pressure, like I'm the only child and your mom is a rhythmic world champion gymnast. Your dad is an Olympic and like you're doing it. So it's like, you better win or else, you know, I never felt, I never felt that way ever. Like I literally thought it was the coolest thing in the world that my parents did what I wanted to do. I wanted to grow up to be just like them. And so for me, it was more like, wow, I have like, the biggest, greatest mentors right in front of me. And not only do I, you know, can I talk to them? Can I ask them questions, whatever, but they're also guiding me and coaching me to that. You know, if, if I want that, that's what they would do. And then I think the other thing was just as the only child they wanted, you want everything to be easy and perfect and for them to be happy. Like that's what they wanted for me, but they also really, really instilled like the importance of finding something that you're passionate about and finding something that you love. And for me, right away, that was gymnastics. And they were like, really? <laughs> like, <laughs> you couldn't find something else? And my mom was, my mom tried so hard. She took me to piano lessons every week and I would cry every single time. And I was like, I'm not going back. And yeah, it was just not for me. And, you know, it was always, like a mutual understanding that we're going to help you the best way that we can, if that's what you want. Like we, we already did it. We don't want this, you know, like we don't need it for ourselves. Like this is for you. So I know it's hard for people to like grasp and understand that, especially like, you know, we see them all the time, but stage parents or whatever you want to call them. And yeah, they were the complete opposite. Well, this to me kind of proves it. You started with other coaches, is this right? Not them. And now was this because they were trying to let you go your own path to start to find out if you really loved it? They were trying to push me away. Like they were just like trying to turn their head a little bit in the gym and like pretend I wasn't, you know, I wasn't good because obviously I also had some good genes and a God given talent. And they immediately, kind of said, well, we can't take that away from her. Like that wouldn't be fair. So they were like, okay, just like, 
go have fun, go play, like go do your classes, whatever. And I was there all day unless I was like at school. And so I would start just trying to copy and mimic the older girl, like what my parents were teaching them. And they noticed on the side, I was doing it better myself without a coach, like then like, (laughs) and they were just like, okay, we have no choice. And what happened was, and this is like such a fluke mistake. I slipped like my hand on the bar with a different coach who, by the way, still with us, you know, still at the gym, like, like, I love him so much, but I got a black eye because like, I like hit my, my face on the bar. And my dad had nothing to do with him. It was more a dad, you know, the dad instinct coming out. And he said, that's it. Like, if you're going to do gymnastics, I'm going to be your coach only because not because I know better or I am better, but because I want like your safety in the sense, like to be in my control, you know? Right. Yeah. And that was it. Like literally. And I was like, okay. Like, I mean, I was, I don't know, gosh, like How eight, old? nine years, eight, nine years old, right. you know? And also it was to spend more time together, to be completely right. honest. I was going to public school. They were working 12, 14 hour days. By the time I was going to sleep, my dad was still at the gym, you know, wrapping things up. And so It became our bonding kind of like moment and to achieve like your lifelong dream at the time, lifelong with one of your best friends, essentially. Like I literally wanted to be just like him. I idolized him. I respect like, yes, my teenage years were, you know, little, little, little tough (laughs) when, uh, when you have two stubborn perfectionists, I guess you could say, but I don't regret a single moment like deep down it was you know at the end of the day and he says this still to his athletes now gymnastics is such a short portion of your life you have the rest of your life to live taking care of your body and safety and all of that he says I don't want you to be you know feeling like you can't even like god willing you have kids one day you can't go play with your kids because this hurts or that hurts and And it was the same with education. You know, he just instilled the importance of getting a degree. And, you know, you never know how far your your gymnastics will take you, but an education will stick with you for the rest of your life. So it was the life lessons, I think, too, that he taught me, but also the sport as well. I have said many times, as I know that you know, I'm a big sports fan and have had the opportunity to attend a lot of events. Football is my love, baseball, basketball, hockey. My greatest sports, and I'm bringing it up now because this is about in the timeline that we're talking, that I ever witnessed was I'm from Atlanta and I saw the Olympics in 96 and was sitting right at the end of the vault when Kerry Strug. Oh my gosh. I was there. I was there. I watched it. I saw her ankle. It looked like snap in two. I felt the crowd. Everyone saw. It was the craziest thing I've ever seen. And then, yeah. And then to see her, her landed. Now at this point, uh, you're obviously younger, but you're watching it. You're following it. That was the first Olympics for me. 
that I was glued to the TV every night. Like I remember being like, I want to do that. You know, like, right. look how cool that looks. They're walking into Georgia Dome and, and you know, the little American flags, of, like people are chanting USA. And that was for some reason, like, I still get kind of like goosebumps now thinking about it because it was, you could feel it. And maybe I didn't, I don't think I necessarily understood it then. I mean, I was seven years old, right? but you almost feel everything has come to that moment right. your whole your whole entire life that's right that it feels like that way in gymnastics right like because it it's so it, uh, spread you don't out get an next between, year. you don't right, get an exactly. year. you know and again nothing against i have so much respect for all athletes all sports but it's like you didn't make the super bowl try again next year you know and right. again nothing nothing against it but it, it i remember standing in front of the beam the all-around finals at the Olympics, four inches wide, looking down the beam, looking to my right, seeing my dad. And he always does the same thing when he's like super nervous. He like does this with the shirt, like for no okay. reason. That's like his like nervous kind of like tick. He grabs it. And, shirt, okay. Yeah. And I was just like, okay, well, everything's normal. He's doing that. <laughs> like, I'm like, the beam is still four inches wide. And I kind of did for a split second, what like everyone says, like not to do, but in my head, I remember thinking, literally, this is a once in a lifetime opportunity. You are never going to be halfway through the all around finals in the lead going to win. Like your life could change forever if you just don't fall off the beam. <laughs> and and then I was like, oh God, oh God, oh God. And I'm like, snap out of it, snap out of it. And You I consciously had that thought in that oh moment? Oh my gosh, yes. And again, that like, is what you're not supposed to do. A hundred percent. I know that. And I, I, I literally, anytime anyone asks for advice or a little kid, I'm like, okay, don't think what you don't like want to happen. You have to think what you, you know, you, you're going to stay on the beam. You're going to nail your dismount. And here I am like in that moment, I remember. And, and no matter what, like no matter where you looked, because what, I try to do was treat it like any other competition, even though it's not like it's right. a once in a lifetime, but those five Olympic rings are everywhere. Like right. the toilet, the chalk bucket, right. the, you know, it's, it's ever. <laughs> so I would be like, Oh, look there. Maybe like, you'll forget that you're at the Olympic games. Right. And it was impossible. And, um, and I think to be completely honest, obviously the physical training my dad was was truly a master mind planner. He planned 365 days, so back backtrack basically. Right. So August 15th, 2008, I won. So 365 days up until that moment to peak and have the best day of my life on that day. That right. wasn't luck, that wasn't by chance. That was all, you know, it was all planned and I think physically I knew I was the most prepared I had ever been in my entire life, but it, and, and so was everybody else. Right. And so it is now a mental game. It is who can now do, you know, what I, what I almost like leaned into, but I like caught myself and I was like, no, 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 no. But right. yeah, it, it truly is mentally. It's four inches wide. The weight of your entire country and nation let alone your teammates and your family and all that 
your country is on your shoulders. Like the pressure. It's so dangerous too. It's so dangerous. It, so it honestly is. My dad was so happy when I was done. <laughs> right. Just so happy. Like he just wants to, you know, have a very normal life. And they came over last night and played with the dog. Like it's just, you know, we will always have that. But I think we're very grateful that that's behind us because it, it truly is, you know, it is extremely dangerous. And that is why he wanted to coach me was, you know, safety. Can we talk about how incredible our skin is? It protects us from the outside world while also being a litmus test for how our body is doing physically and emotionally. Our skin sends us important messages about our lifestyle, nutrition, and about how we feel. It plays such an important role in how we see ourselves and how the world sees us. So let's shine a spotlight on our skin. Let's go deep into skin health, what it means, what it looks like, and how to have it. Join host Nicole Berry as she unravels the mysteries around our skin on the new series, Skin Queries, a podcast brought to you by Ruby Studio from iHeartMedia. With the help from people with real-life stories and experts of all sorts, she gets to the heart of what makes us glow from the inside out. Listen to Skin Queries on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Dearest listener, in a world where fashion oft neglects the true diversity of the human form, Snag emerges as the beacon of inclusivity we so desperately need, renowned for their exquisite tights. Snag has triumphantly expanded its offerings to include garments that embrace everybody. Snag's creations are meticulously designed on a lifelike figures and refined across a spectrum of shapes before gracing our wardrobes, clothing that not only promises but delivers true comfort and fit, particularly of note other chub rub shorts ingeniously crafted with a moisture wicking yarn to ensure you remain at least one degree cooler and entirely free from the dreaded chafing perfect for every season these shorts can be discreetly worn under your clothes offering a delightful alternative to traditional cycling shorts whether you are at the gym hiking or simply enjoying a day in a skirt or dress they are your ideal companion remember dear listener the more you snag the more you save with free shipping on select Orders. Don't delay in experiencing the fashion revolution that is snag at snagtights.us. Baseball fans, BetMGM is giving you the chance to win a prize every day during the baseball season. Step into the batter's box for BetMGM's Swing for the Fences free-to-play game. Pick an area of the strike zone and take your best swing. If you get a single, double, triple, or home run, you'll receive a prize. Smash a home run to collect a bonus bet on us. Just log into your BetMGM sports account to get started. Then visit your promotions section to access the Swing for the Fences free-to-play game. There's nothing more exciting than going yard with the king of sportsbooks. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. Must be 21 plus and present in Ohio. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards vary depending on market and expire 24 hours from issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In partnership with MGM Northfield Park. At age nine, 
you win the whatever this the level six Texas State Championships. Now, Mm -hmm. at at what point, for real? At what age are you like? I am gonna be a world class gymnast. I mean, are you talking six? Are you talking eight? Are you talking? So, like, seriously, or like what I thought? Both. (laughs) I don't know. That's two two very different things. Like, I think in that moment, I was like, oh my gosh, like this is what it feels like to win. I want to win bigger and better things. And so that was a, and I felt on top of the world, right? When you're winning the state Texas championships. Yeah. Yeah. You feel like you just won the Olympics and I never, I never did it to win, but obviously, you know, as any human, like when you spend any amount of time doing something and you know, pays off. Like you enjoy, you know, you enjoy winning the award, the trophy, the the medal, whatever it is. And I think that was the moment where I, things kind of just like flipped in my head where I thought, okay, maybe I can be good. And meanwhile, I was like 10 years away from even remotely being close right, right, to right. doing anything. Okay. Right. But you, the moment that you started seriously training is age what so how I mean, is it before that is it before winning or is it still uh, after that fifth grade aren't you like 10 10 Gosh. okay so 11? i think it was i think it was right after that, that. okay which it also had nothing it didn't really have anything to do with that it was after that level, it's like, I don't want to get too technical, but after that level, basically the next level is like a big step up essentially. And so it's like, you have to, you just have to spend, you know, more time in the gym. And so that's when I started training seven hours a day, six days a week, seven hours a day, six days a week, fifth grade. Wow. And you're still going to school. Yes. So I, yeah, I went to public school up until that moment and Unfortunately, my school that I was going to, they did not excuse absences for gymnastics competitions or, you know, anything like it would be you playing hooky is the same thing as you going to the world championships and, you know, competing for your country. So it was just not a go. So, yeah, I started going to a private school and we would train eight to 12 in the morning, go to school 1230 to 330 and then train again four to seven and then go home, shower, eat dinner, homework, do it all over again. Unreal. You make the junior national team. What age is this now? 12. Oh, dear Lord. So this is, <laughs> yeah. Right? So this is <laughs> six. Yeah. So that makes sense. So you have like a couple of years where this yeah. goes and then you make the national, the, the junior national team. Right. But like the level of gymnastics from level six to love to uh, like making the national team is like significantly just normally you don't do that in a few years, basically. Got it. I didn't think that was, I didn't know what was normal. I just, you just oh, did my, it. Try this, try And You know, when you're young, you're so fearless. Yes. Nothing, nothing fazed me. If my dad told me to do something, I trusted him as my coach, but even more so as my dad, 
And so I knew he would never tell me to do something if he knew I couldn't do it or, you know, he would always spot us or whatever. But it was like a very Taylor Swift fearless moment. Like, but like a whole, a whole decade of it (laughs) where just (laughs) like, then all of a sudden you get older and you're just like, Oh my God, I could literally die. (laughs) Right. Like this is really dangerous. Yeah. I I feel that way watching anything like going back and I'm thinking, why did I think that that was like fun and safe? I mean, it was, but now being older thinking, what it would take for me to do some of those things. It's just, yeah. Right. In 2004, this is four years before you compete. You're just a a little too young to compete at the Athens Olympics in 2004. But you mentioned her before, Carly Patterson, who also trained Mm -hmm. with at the gym with, with your family Yep, went on to claim the all around title four years before. How was that for you? Was it hard to watch and not be doing Mm -hmm. it at that point yourself? Like, was that difficult or was that inspiring or was that, did that help prepare you for four years later? What was that experience like? That moment for me made me like fully believe that I could do it because. Oh, okay. That makes sense. It was before Carly, it was Mary Lou Retton. It had been 20 years since an American gymnast had won the all-around gold medal at the Olympics. And so it was kind of like, oh, the Americans will never, you know, they're never going to win again, basically. And Carly really put the U.S. back on the map, like since, since then, essentially. And I remember it just made it feel real. It made it feel possible Somebody that you train literally right next to, you know, our lockers were next to each other. Like, it just felt like if she can do it, then I can do it too. Four years later, it was never difficult for me because I'm just, had I, I was not ready. You know, I was not physically ready. I was not mentally ready. I was like, I was still so young in 2008, but I was not mature enough to, you know, even understand or handle the pressure then. Yes, I had competed and, you know, done well up until then. But the Olympics is, as I said, like the the amount of pressure and the expectations and the stress and all of that. And I think, okay, maybe I would have gone and been part of the team. And I don't know. I'm such a firm believer in everything happens for a reason. And I just... Right. That moment watching her, I just remember thinking, you just have four years. And but then again, like anything could happen. You know, you can roll your ankle at the Olympic Village and that has happened to athletes and they're already at the Olympic. Like you're not guaranteed a spot, obviously. But I do have to say, after she won, we have probably like eight high beam, like beams across. I definitely switched over to like start training on the beam that she always trained on because I was oh, like, you did. this is, Oh yeah, for sure. I was like, this is for sure going to be like lucky. And uh, clearly it worked. Right. No one has ever said this before, including yourself, but I feel like between 2004 and 2008, really the key to your maturation, the key to the, the, the secret sauce that enabled you to win 
was you spent a little time at my alma mater, SMU, Hail to the Red and the Blue. I mean, how how much did that contribute? Wait, oh my to god, your win? I literally, literally Wait, have, do you have I have an SMU cup over there with my water in it. I've got something somewhere too. Oh my god. So my boyfriend actually went to business school there. Really? Yeah, SMU class. How much See, time did you spend? How much time did you there it is? The Mustang. He's gonna be so proud. Of um, SMU. Not much. Not okay. not enough to have um this All is right. not mine. This is my boyfriend's. It, but it gave you some maturity. I think it really helped season you. It gave you a well-roundedness, a posture, a poise, a a So it's something. so funny because growing up in Dallas, like I've only applied to one school. Only applied to SMU. When I got in, I was like okay, let's go. Like I'm never leaving Dallas. And right. it's funny because I've been back since and I, you know, did a speech and, and have, you know, been back many times. I wish I could have graduated from there. It wasn't the right place. At the, sorry. It was the right place. <laughs> it was not the right time. The right time. Yes. Yeah. You leave to begin preparing and you mentioned anything can happen in 2006 you have an ankle injury. Were you afraid that that was going to derail your chances? Um, I wasn't until all of a sudden, because in my mind I thought, so I showed up to the world championships in a wheelchair. I couldn't walk because I was still put on the team. Um, my incredible doctor here, Dr. Cooper in Dallas, we called him, sent him all like the scans and he was just like, it's, it's a bone chip. You know, I'm going to have to, operate on it when you get back it's you're not going to damage it more so i went in a wheelchair just did one event and then it was just the recovery like i am not a patient person you know rushing the process and so this injury now lingered into you know a whole year so the year before the olympics when you're really supposed to be you know gearing up to being the best i had the worst competition season of my entire life you know at our national championships we have eight or eight four events twice out of eight routines i fell six times and it's like and you think you're gonna make the olympic team and win a gold medal like i understand fully why everyone was writing me off but at the same time it, that was the first time in my life, I think, in career where I, I actually started, you know, listening to people that I didn't know or that didn't matter or that weren't in the gym. And they started influencing how I felt and how I was trained. Like, I was so up in arms thinking that all of a sudden I was the favorite and everyone loved me. And you have, you know, <laughs> one bad season and now, you're too old at 18. You're too injured. You know, there's girls that are just better than you, younger than you, stronger than you, quicker than you, all of these things. And that, I think that was the moment where I quickly learned to like horse in a horse, you know, in a horse race, like put the blinders on, block out the noise. And those people don't matter. Yeah. Good for you. You make the team. How did that feel, making past the Olympic trials? Well, we technically were named, Sean and I, but 
we weren't really, it was for TV, essentially. We still had to go do a second trials, not on okay. TV, at a training camp. And, you know, we had to show complete readiness and the four other girls were named to the team. And we could have, if we showed up not prepared or not ready, we could have, you know, been removed. So honestly, it was kind of put a check by it, move on. Also, and I didn't know this, but you're not technically an Olympian until you step foot on the competition floor at the Olympic Games and compete for the first time. Okay. Which makes sense, makes total yeah. sense. But in the moment, you know, we've never been, we don't know. And so you kind of feel like your dream of becoming an Olympian has come true. And it's like, no, 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 no. you're still like two months away. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it, it was definitely, the Olympic trials were 10 times more nerve wracking, more pressure filled. It was worse than the Olympics. It was you have one bad competition and that's it like your whole life. And once you get to the Olympics, you're, you don't want to mess up obviously, but there's a sense of taking a deep breath of, okay, I, 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 I'm at least on the plane. Like I'm, I'm on my way to Beijing, (laughs) you know? And yeah, I think it was just being able to now be there together not having to compete against you know each other for spots and that it was it was hard being a teenage girl and you're competing against your friend it it was it was hard you have said that the morning of the meet you woke up and you knew you were gonna win yeah what what was it within you that gave you that so i mean a few things i guess i read a book uh the secret and uh, I'm big on, it's so cliche, but thinking positive, but to a whole different level or like a much deeper level, I guess. And I think it was the combination of that with my dad sat me down with a piece of like, literally like a teared up piece of paper in his office at the gym in the middle of practice a few months before Olympic trials and said like, come in here real quick. I just want to show you something. And he said, you know, calculated all my scores, four scores. And he said, you've gotten these scores before, right? And I was just like, yeah, I've gotten better. (laughs) And he was like, that's my point. (laughs) You don't even have, I'm just trying to show you, you're just normal. Not the most amazing, you know, four performances of your entire life. But if you can just have four solid routines, there is no way that you will not win. And when he said that, I was like, oh, what? Really? I just had never. That's so genius. Ever taken. And and yes, of course, gymnastics is subjective and you could get a judge that whatever. But if all is fair, you know, and everything is whatever, you compare the scores and it's math. And so when he said that, there was a, a ginormous shift of, okay, now don't worry about anybody else. Keep training day by day, like take it, whatever. And just go enjoy the experience and and just land on your feet. You are doing one more of the same exact beam routines that you have probably done well over 3,000 times at this point. One, just one. 
So what are you stressed out about? I love that you said, just, I love that you said, just land on your feet. Although what you're talking, that's hard to do. She's like, oh, you just go out and just land on your feet. Do the hardest thing that you can do, but just do that and you're fine. No, honestly, that is, that is genius. Like that is genius coaching right there. Cause that, I mean, of course it makes total sense, but what it does is it doesn't, what it says to you is you don't have to be. You don't have to be anything I mean, that you you're not. You are extraordinary. You you are extra, you're you're extraordinary already, but you don't have to add some other extraordinariness on top of it to make just it better. Just be your normal everyday self. Nothing better, nothing worse. Just be you. And <laughs> yeah. Like <laughs> one of the greatest that's ever done it, but just do be that. But don't you don't have but to be think, any better than that. No, but I'm saying but, I'm I'm making a joke, but I'm serious. Like that's genius, I think. It it truly it was that moment that I was then just like on cruise control. But I have to say, for the first time in my entire life, so I had this dream the night before the competition, and I never dreamed about gymnastics, which is weird because uh, you're doing it seven hours a day, but I had the dream as if I, it was the all around finals and I was in my pink leotard. I was going through each of my events and I stuck my vault landing and that was first. And I knew it was a dream because I, that never happens. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I went on to bars, took a step on my landing. This is all my dream. Stuck my beam dismount, finished my floor routine. And I'm coming down the steps, you know, off of the podium and my dad's right there. And I like go give him a hug to celebrate that I had won. And I literally wake up like this, like uh, my hands in the air, like hugging hugging. the air, the air. And then I'm like, and I look next to me and Sean and I were roommates and she is sound asleep. And I'm like, I've never had a dream in my entire life that felt so real. And so as hard as it was to fall back asleep for a few hours, when I woke up, it was like, oh, cool. Okay. Got it. Okay. Go do your hair. Go eat breakfast. Like, I was just kind of just going through the motions, not in a negative way, but I knew it was like, I knew what was going to happen. And the funniest part, and that this is when I really knew it was going to happen was in the warmups for our first event on vault. I landed on my feet and I took one step on my landing and my dad said, good, good. Do the exact same thing. Just try to stick it. And I started laughing. And I think like for a moment, he's kind of like, We're, okay, this is the Olympics. Let's just be a little serious. Like, what is so funny? And uh, I then kind of snapped back into it because I almost said like, yeah, I know I am going to because that is like, I already, like, I dreamed that. And uh, as soon, and, and I stuck it a few minutes later. And as soon as that moment happened, I was like, okay. To the point where my, I, I, Every time I compete, I get so nervous. Like, I feel like I'm going to throw up. I would tell my dad every time, like, oh, my God, I, I'm so nauseous. I'm going to throw up. And he's like, he's like, it's okay. You're, you're fine. You're not going to throw up. And I'm like, I feel like I am this time. And, like, I'll get, he's dealt with this for, you know, 20-plus years now at this point. And for the first time in my life, I did not feel like I was going to throw up. I, was, I would just sit, like, literally sit in the chair like this and just watch all my competitors. And my dad would come up to me and say, um, 
are you good? I think you should maybe get up and like stretch, like, you know, and I was like, oh, okay, whatever, like, whatever you say, you know, like, I was just so like zen. And that is the first and last time I've ever experienced anything like that. And then going down the stairs, gave my dad a hug. And I was like, oh, yeah, this feels familiar. (laughs) Gonna make sure I like stay there for a few extra seconds. But it was a moment of knowing that you truly like the mind and the body, obviously, when they're in sync, like, it's such a powerful thing. And you truly can do what you want to do, no matter what anyone tells you. Can we talk about how incredible our skin is? It protects us from the outside world while also being a litmus test for how our body is doing physically and emotionally. Our skin sends us important messages about our lifestyle, nutrition, and about how we feel. It plays such an important role in how we see ourselves and how the world sees us. So let's shine a spotlight on our skin. Let's go deep into skin health, what it means, what it looks like, and how to have it. Join host Nicole Berry as she unravels the mysteries around our skin on the new series, Skin Queries, a podcast brought to you by Ruby Studio from iHeartMedia. With the help from people with real-life stories and experts of all sorts, she gets to the heart of what makes us glow from the inside out. Listen to Skin Queries on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Dearest listener, in a world where fashion oft neglects the true diversity of the human form, Snag emerges as the beacon of inclusivity we so desperately need, renowned for their exquisite tights. Snag has triumphantly expanded its offerings to include garments that embrace everybody. Snag's creations are meticulously designed on a lifelike figures and refined across a spectrum of shapes before gracing our wardrobes, clothing that not only promises but delivers true comfort and fit, particularly of note other chub rub shorts ingeniously crafted with a moisture wicking yarn to ensure you remain at least one degree cooler and entirely free from the dreaded chafing perfect for every season these shorts can be discreetly worn under your clothes offering a delightful alternative to traditional cycling shorts whether you are at the gym hiking or simply enjoying a day in a skirt or dress they are your ideal companion remember dear listener the more you snag the more you save with free shipping on select orders. Don't delay in experiencing the fashion revolution that is snag at snagtights.us. Baseball fans, BetMGM is giving you the chance to win a prize every day during the baseball season. Step into the batter's box for BetMGM's Swing for the Fences free-to-play game. Pick an area of the strike zone and take your best swing. If you get a single, double, triple, or home run, you'll receive a prize. Smash a home run to collect a bonus bet on us. Just log into your BetMGM sports account to get started. Then visit your promotions section to access the Swing for the Fences free-to-play game. There's nothing more exciting than going yard with the king of sportsbooks. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. Must be 21 plus and present in Ohio. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards vary depending on market and expire 24 hours from issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In partnership with MGM Northfield Park.
You mentioned your dad. It's your dream. It's also his dream. He leaves the Soviet Union with nothing, comes here to build this gym, to train a gymnast. And, I mean, it it makes me slightly emotional to even say it, but now it's happened, and it's happened with his daughter. What is that moment? Have you guys talked? What was that moment for him? And for your mom too, but so my mom was not, my mom was in Beijing, but she was not in the arena. She gets too nervous. I tried to call her to tell her that I had just won the Olympic games with like five cameras in my face. She didn't answer. (laughs) So I texted her and we still have like the screenshot somewhere, but it's all I said because they were like rushing me. And I said, because this is what she always said. I, I, don't care. I love you. I don't care how, what the placement is. I just want to let me know if like it's done, you're safe, whatever. So I said, hi mom, period. I won period. I love you. And then my dad finally got a hold of her and she like rushed over and I believe made it back in time for the award ceremony. So for my dad, this is the first time in my entire life that I had ever seen him cry all the way across the arena, like all the way across. And I just felt my whole life, I wanted to be like him. I wanted to make him proud. I want, yes, I did it for myself, but seeing him with tears in his eyes, that's why I started crying. Yes, I was so proud and, you know, thinking about all those moments that I had to, you know, the obstacles, everything that I had to go through to get to that moment, but it was him. It was exactly 20 years to that day, 1988, when he competed in the all around finals, he got the silver medal by 0.0001. Wow. 20 years later, he has, you know, it, it was, and I knew that, like, I knew this, this whole time. And that's what he always says for 20 years. Don't get me wrong. Winning a silver at the Olympics is amazing, but silver and fourth place are the hardest to swallow because it's just (laughs) like, and not to mention (laughs) when you're like literally like a pinky toenail, like close, like you can't even. So for 20 years, he's lived with that in the back of his mind. You know, not every day, obviously you move on, but it's, you know, Every Olympics comes and you're just like, and we'd always joke. And I'm like, well, you still got two gold medals. It's okay. And he was just like, you know, we, we just are perfectionists, obviously. But seeing him in that moment, you know, I re- him saying, you're an Olympic champion. And yeah. that was always a title that he had that I also wanted because he had it. You know, just I wanted to be like him. So it was, it was a very special moment and to share that the first person that I saw, you know, waiting for the scores, like it, it, you can't replicate those moments, you know, it's, it's been, gosh, however many, over 10 years, obviously 13, four, whatever. And I can still bring myself back to that. And I don't do it often, but I can still bring myself back to that moment and that feeling. And even you know, him look like we look at each other when my, my score comes up, but then there's still another competitor to go. So it's not the final standings, but we know that it's not possible that, you know, somebody else would, you know, bump me. And 
it was just this, like, there's this moment of just us looking at each other. And he, I can already see he's like, try not to cry. And I was like, no, 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 it's not, it's not the final scene. <laughs> like in my mind, I'm like, it's not <laughs> over till it's over. But yeah, it was, it was really a special, special moment that also just makes you realize you really can do anything that you set your mind to like put your horse blinders on and keep chugging along. <laughs> Five-time Olympic medalist. Voted Sportswoman of the Year in 2008 by the U.S. Olympic Committee, the International Gymnastics Federation Athlete of the Year. You're also on a Wheaties box. Now, do you have the Wheaties box? Oh, my God. I, that is you, Is it framed? <laughs> so I literally was up till like 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock in the morning in this my studio room, and there was a pile of like, random clothes and stuff and I started hanging and under it was a flat lay Wheaties box and it's literally right there and I was like if somebody were to walk in or see this they'd be like I want to see it right now it's right next to you I want to see the Wheaties box I mean it's kind of sad honestly because (laughs) wait what is it oh wait it's oh it's a flat oh it's it's a flat flat box Do you have a full box of Wheaties somewhere? I don't. No, you just have the you just have the thing. I you haven't they, framed it. What are you doing? Okay, so again, there's a reason because, but also this is sad. <laughs> it's just kind of like on the floor, like it's just okay. Can I'm like, I tell I you want a Wheaties box? No, I'm just kidding. I, can I, I tell you something? This is not a joke. No, I by the way, I don't have a Wheaties box. But I ha- I just moved, so I can tell you this. I have things like that. Not Wheaties boxes. No, I'm not saying they're the same. No, but it but is. But yeah, it's just all like, it. you know, yes. my key to the city from Scranton, from blah, blah, blah. It's I, I like, Why is it that phrase? I love it. It's the coolest thing ever. Why it's is cool. it still like, yeah, and I'm looking around because it's somewhere right around here, not on my wall. So you know what? I've thought that too. And I, I don't know if my parents did this on purpose. I have yet to ask them, which like every time I like say this, I mean to ask them and I forget, but growing up, I never saw a single one of their medals, a single one of anything. If you walk into our home here where I essentially grew up my teenage years, you would never know who lives there. Yeah. You would see like a few photos, you know, by the fireplace, family photos, there right. is not one Olympic medal, one like nothing. And I don't, again, I don't know if this was on purpose, but for me, that was the greatest thing that they could have done. It was not in my face every day. Interesting. And when people are like, how did you not feel the pressure? And I'm like, because I grew up like that. And, you know, my dad's medals were in a ball, like literally the ribbons all tangled, like in the basement, like somewhere. Mine are in like a ball at their house in a safe. Now all the medals are in the safe. But wait, you don't you you don't have you don't have yours displayed. No, and I never will. Do you ever bring them out? Uh, no. Only if I have a you know something and someone requests me to have them for a shoot or something. I think what I realized was, yes, we're proud. 
like, but we, we know what we have. We don't need to see it every day. We're not going to forget that we did that. And then it becomes, oh, are you doing that for other people? I don't know. And I, I fully support other people doing that. It's just like a personal thing. I think it's like, they don't define who we are as people. And so, you know, I'd rather have those. Yeah. I'm going to like save this flat lay, like not going (laughs) to, I'm literally, so the only thing I have like in this office, I'll show you, but my uncle, my dad's brother recently passed, but there were these like, it was like a, a ring essentially. And my mom bought five of them and then they're like wooden and then he cut two of them down. And so now they've, they've gone with me. So they're like oh. way up there. Yeah. So that's my subtle moment. And also it's become, you know, sentimental because he's no longer with us, but yeah, I just, I think for us, it was going home to a place of like, clear your mind, not like, getting home from a bad day at training to like this being in your face, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, yeah. No, that's really interesting, particularly from your parents. I will say, here's what I think you should do. I'm a, you can do whatever you want, obviously, but I'm going <laughs> no, I'm I'm to say I love, this. I, I love your advice. Here's what I think you should do. Cause I think, right. There's a fine line, right. And I'll, I'll just say, if you're a guy who won a super bowl and I'm not judging anyone, but if you're wearing your super bowl ring every single day, <laughs> This is right. This yeah, is, I'm with you. Yeah. But I think for you, I'm just going to say this because I've been around a couple of other Olympians. I think occasionally you're invited to an event or you do something. I think you bring it. I think you yeah. bring it because let me say why. Because then it's not about you, it's about sharing with them. Oh, never thought about it that way. Just, Just think about it. Next I've literally time, next never, time I see next time I see you you're, you're going like, oh, to you're going to you're going to you're going to come up and you're going to be like here it is I wear it every day now no but I think it's it's something to think about I love that perspective I think it's it's just something to think about because I think yeah it becomes about you don't want it to become about you and I can I can hear that from you yeah, but other people I, would enjoy seeing it and and again and so then thank you for making me feel very selfish now <laughs> No, no, I'm just kidding. No, I'm, I'm totally not kidding. saying that. But I, I, I totally understand what you're saying. And I think, uh, you know, it's the same thing. When you have something, you don't want it to feel like you're, you know, showing it off or, or whatever. You uh, know I, you have you. it. Yeah. But I've never thought about it in that way. And I do have to say the amount of times I've been in a situation or somewhere or an event or whatever. And people are like, do you have your gold medal? And I'm like, No. <laughs> so right. you know i've never thought of yeah but well, thank you for sharing that because uh, yeah. it'll be my uh newest accessory in my bag every <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> can we talk about how incredible our skin is it protects us from the outside world while also being a litmus test for how our body is doing physically, and emotionally. Our skin sends us important messages about our lifestyle, nutrition, and about how we feel. It plays such an important role in how we see ourselves and how the world sees us. So let's shine a spotlight on our skin. Let's go deep into skin health, what it means, what it looks like, and how to have it. 
Join host Nicole Berry as she unravels the mysteries around our skin on the new series, Skin Queries, a podcast brought to you by Ruby Studio from iHeartMedia. With the help from people with real-life stories and experts of all sorts, she gets to the heart of what makes us glow from the inside out. Listen to Skin Queries on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Dearest listener, in a world where fashion oft neglects the true diversity of the human form, Snag emerges as the beacon of inclusivity we so desperately need. Renowned for their exquisite tights, Snag has triumphantly expanded its offerings to include garments that embrace everybody. Snag's creations are meticulously designed on a lifelike figures and refined across a spectrum of shapes before gracing our wardrobes. Clothing that not only promises, but delivers true comfort and fit, particularly of note other chub rub shorts ingeniously crafted with a moisture wicking yarn to ensure you remain at least one degree cooler and entirely free from the dreaded chafing perfect for every season these shorts can be discreetly worn under your clothes offering a delightful alternative to traditional cycling shorts whether you are at the gym hiking or simply enjoying a day in a skirt or dress they are your ideal companion remember dear listener the more you snag the more you save with free shipping on select Orders. Don't delay in experiencing the fashion revolution that is snag at snagtights.us. Baseball fans, BetMGM is giving you the chance to win a prize every day during the baseball season. Step into the batter's box for BetMGM's Swing for the Fences free-to-play game. Pick an area of the strike zone and take your best swing. If you get a single, double, triple, or home run, you'll receive a prize. Smash a home run to collect a bonus bet on us. Just log into your BetMGM sports account to get started. Then visit your promotions section to access the Swing for the Fences free-to-play game. There's nothing more exciting than going yard with the king of sportsbooks. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. Must be 21 plus and present in Ohio. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards vary depending on market and expire 24 hours from issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In partnership with MGM Northfield Park. You retire. You're 23 years old. We've talked about it a lot. You retire so young, but since that time, much has been done and accomplished by you, not the least of which the Nastia Cup next year, 14th year. This year. Um, this, year this year. Well, we're in 23. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. This year, the next time it happens. Yes. Sorry. Oh, you're the- making me. Now you're making me have to be so specific. The next competition will be its 14th. Why did you decide to start what has become now one of the most prestigious gymnastics competition out there? So basically, because of what you just said with the medal, you know, to give somebody else that that chance, that, that right. you know, to see it, whatever, to inspire and give the next generation their Olympic moment, you know, their moment of being one of the best of the best in the best country in in the gymnastics world. And it's so surreal to see, you know, on people's on these athletes bios, or, you know, a lot of them are in college now. And, and one of the hot, like, 
three bullets is, you know, not even cup qualifier. And that to me is like, wait, what? <laughs> That's awesome. Like, it's so meaningful to me. Like I have not, I've not made a single penny. This is not about money. This is truly about trying to give these girls, this next generation, that moment, because some might, some may get it right. Some may go on to getting that, but most won't because the field is so small and there's so many incredible gymnasts. And I try to spend as much time with that, like real time with them that weekend because they view, you know, me, you like as, you know, they follow on social media or whatever. And it's like, it's almost like you're not a real human and you know, you don't have, you know, one year I was going through a breakup literally a week before. And I like told them and I was like, don't tweet about it, you know, but like, (laughs) um, no, I'm just kidding. But it was like, honestly, like I want to be in my bed right now. Like I don't want, you know, but I, you guys are giving me, you know, the life I get like, so I think just being able to be vulnerable, being able to be real where, you know, we live in this era of social media and this next generation has literally, that's all they know. And yeah, it's about gymnastics as much as it is just about life and humanizing each other and making them feel special. You have transitioned well into the world of entertainment, obviously dancing with the stars, the voice of NBC gymnastics during the Olympics, among many other things. I want to ask you briefly about your relationship to the late Kobe Bryant, who you've called a mentor. First of all, how did you become so close and what was it that he did for you that inspired you? So we both competed in Beijing and I met him for the first time there Okay. Um, very briefly. And I, again, kind of going back to my cup and, you know, my goals and dreams and, and the things outside of that, even that, you know, I'm, I'm working on and I want to do, but I, I remember it was one of the SBs kind of blinking on exactly the year, but he won, it was right after he retired and he won the lifetime achievement award. And, and I remember just watching him on the stage in the audience thing. And he, the one thing specifically, he was like, I hope this isn't the last time that I'm on this stage. I hope the next time I'm on the stage is winning an award to inspire the next generation. And it was just this moment of, wow, like, you know, I had met him. I wasn't close with him then, but I felt so just like aligned on like missions. And so I literally think I like messaged him on Twitter. I didn't have his like phone number or anything at the time. And, and I just said like, Kobe, congratulations. I know, like, I know you're busy, blah, blah, blah. Like, I'd love to just pick your brain because I have this idea. Like I, that's my, whatever long story short, he responded back literally within minutes. Here's my number. Here's my email. Let's, let's get together. I want to talk. And he had a way of just wanting to help everybody and amongst so many things, but what he, you know, really instilled in me was that stop putting yourself in that box. Stop putting yourself in the box of being the girl in the pink leotard with the matching pink scrunchie because you are way more than just that. 
yes, that's something you did. Be proud of that. But that's, that doesn't define who you are. It was just a, it was a moment of him showing me through his own career, essentially, right? you know, and, and he did it in a very like, not cocky way, but he was like, look at me. Like nobody, everyone told me to sit down and keep shooting hoops that I couldn't do this. And, and look, I did it times 10 and I couldn't do this. And I like got nominated and then I won. and he goes, watch me, I'm going to win next week. And it was just like this moment of like any time I would pick up the phone or text or call him, he would answer right away. Like, how are you? How's it going? What are you up to? Like, tell me how I can help. He would, you know, he was writing a book and he goes, okay, so gymnastics competition. Are you allowed to have like rap music or is it just classical? <laughs> like he just was so like in the details and I just like laughed hearing it. And I was like, honestly, I mean, I guess you could, guess you could have it, but like, could you see me having that? Like I'm a little <laughs> bit more of like the classical type, but he just, he truly cared. So I think that's what I remember, you know, most was like, please, 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 please. Like don't lose that mission and that purpose and that passion because there needs to be more of that. He was um just like such an incredible mentor and made me believe in myself and, you know, made me believe that I truly was more than the gymnast, right? It was the same way my dad flipped my mentality of there's no way you're not going to win if you just do X, Y, and Z. Kobe helped me flip. You're not the gymnast. You did gymnastics. Right. And so when you don't define yourself by one thing or one accomplishment, it changes everything. Amazing. I could talk to you all day. You have so much going on. We haven't even touched on your fashion. We haven't touched on special forces. Oh, I do have to ask you about special forces. Oh, God. World's toughest stuff. How did that go for you? Was it, Did that bring you back to your gym day? Did you train? Yeah, on, no, I did not train. I literally... <laughs> Well, I didn't know. I did. I found out very, very late in the game, basically. And then, you know, my mentality was, if I start training now, I'm going to be sore. I'm going to be exhausted. I'm going to like, I literally had less than a week. So okay, why would I like, I was so far out of my Olympic shape. Like I, it was too late. So I kind of thought, I know I'm not going to be the strongest, whatever. But mentally, I need to go into this like mentally in a good place. And for me, that's like not being sore, not being exhausted, like whatever. And uh, there was a moment on the like the tightrope or the cable crossing. Yes. That I literally thought I was on the beam in Beijing. It like snapped back to that. I was falling, like I almost fell seven-ish times. And uh, right as I was like completely like bent over backwards or forward or whatever, I would in my mind just tell myself like the gold medal is on the line, <laughs> and I would just be like, <laughs> and and then yeah, I just, like when I finally got across, they were like, how'd you do that? And I was like, I don't know, my arms are on fire, but it was mind <laughs> over matter. <laughs> and oh yeah, my I mean, gosh, 
it was crazy. It was the, you know, it's the show doesn't even begin to even show half of how everything it was. But I do have to say, like, such an incredible group of people that I never thought I'd call all like we're all family and friends when you when you go through some things like that and right. I, I kind of relate it to my Olympic teammates and you know you have that bond for the rest of your life when you're going through that so it was um glad I did it would do it all over again great experience not quite for me like I prefer you know not to have 40 pounds of a backpack on me at all times, but <laughs> it was great. And looking forward to like watching, you know, the rest of the season. Yeah. You, you're incredible. Your story is amazing. Your dedication to our future is great. Your work ethic is unparalleled. Your family, your father and mother's decision and the sacrifices they made for their dream it really is the american dream i'm not trying to be cheesy but like that is the absolute it definition is. of it i will talk to you anytime anywhere it's so good to see you again as your favorite non-olympic trainee um uh, <laughs> we'll, uh, hey let's not Let's not let's wait. not wait thirteen more years. Let's not wait 13, 13 more years before <laughs> we do great. it again. All right. Okay. <laughs> maybe you. maybe we don't like we skip the training part this time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> we can be at the gym, but it doesn't mean we have to train, right? That's right. <laughs> thank Nastia, you so thank, much for having me. Thank you. Thank you so much. Nastia, thank you so much. This was so great. We are not going to go another 13 years before we see each other again. Thank you for coming on the podcast. I look forward to seeing you compete once again, but this time on Special Forces. Listeners, have a wonderful Tuesday or Wednesday or whatever day it is you're listening to this. I'm going to see you next week for another episode of Off the Beat. Have a great week, everybody. Off the Beat is hosted and executive produced by me, Brian Baumgartner, alongside our executive producer, Ling Lee. Our senior producer is Diego Tapia. Our producers are Liz Hayes, Hannah Harris, and Emily Carr. Our talent producer is Ryan Papa Zachary, and our intern is Sammy Katz. Our theme song, Bubble and Squeak, performed by the one and only Creed Bratton.
Dearest listener, allow me to unveil a delightful secret. Snag Tights Craft Clothing that embraces every body shape. In a bold endeavor to revolutionize the fashion realm, Snag has triumphed. Permit me to draw your attention to the ingenious Chub Rub Shorts, crafted with moisture-wicking yarn, promising to keep you at least one degree cooler and utterly free from the discomfort of chafing. Free shipping on select orders. Thus, the more you snag, the more you save. Do not delay. Dear listener, experience the fashion revolution that is snag and visit snagtights.us today. The following is a high five moment from highfivecasino.com. I won! Yahoo! Private, put down your phone. This is the army. Sort. High Five Casino is a social casino. It's on your phone, goes wherever you go. I win free spins, cash, prizes, free daily rewards, over 1,200 games. I won again. Platoon, present cell phone. High Five. High Five. Casino. Casino. Win at HighFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High Five Casino. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.